This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Whether you seek adventure, search for answers, break down barriers, or see the world for what it can be, you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. Welcome to Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today, once again, I'm delighted to be joined by Stevie Mullins. Stevie, welcome back to the show, how are you doing? I'm doing fine Paul, thanks for inviting me through. Well, you were through on Friday and we did a, a kind of late bulletin just to look ahead to Saturday's game. I think uh, we both thought Celtic would come away with a result. All the chat's been about the performance since then. Uh, we're looking ahead to the AC Milan game tonight. We won't labour the, the Rangers' performance because we've spoken so much about it already, Stevie. But I would be interested to know some of your, your views on that because you haven't been in since Friday last week. Uh, almost a week. Been a quick one. Uh, what was your overall views of the performance, the, the team line, the selection, and also the aftermath? I thought we were, the performance was totally inadequate. Mm-hmm. We were able to speak on Friday night. You know, we, we talked about how much Rangers just keep the same formation, basically the same personnel. So we were able to give 10 out of 11 the Rangers starting 11. This is guys who work at something else. This is their opinion, but they just do a wee bit of work. The management at Celtic, that's their job to work out how Rangers are going to play mm-hmm. and either combat or push them back to... We've now played them, I believe it's four times and we've been outplayed this four times. We keep putting out the same formation and it's not working. And Saturday, I thought that it looked as if we'd been told, use our better players, work out a way to beat them. I know everybody's concentrating on the fact that we did, didn't have a shot at goal. I thought another problem was Scott Brown and Callum McGregor, two guys that I really enjoy watching and think they're smashing players, didn't they seem to be able to defend one-twos against us, which resulted in us making Steve Davis, Arfield and Glenn Kamara look like Xavi Nest and Busquets. We knew the problems were going to come from wide areas, doubling up on us. We didn't do anything to combat. 
and we still don't seem to be able to defend set pieces. You know, you mentioned um, McGregor there, and there's been a suggestion during uh, some of the podcasts this week, Stevie, that we're maybe not utilising him in his best position. It does seem to be lying quite deep, or he certainly was against Rangers. We know what he can do. We've seen it in European games, what he can do offensively. You know, he, he was always good for a European goal, was Callum McGregor. Do you think we're utilising him properly, or do we need to rethink that the midfield area of the, of the team? I think you need to strike a balance because I've got such a high opinion of Callum McGregor that I think Callum McGregor could play anywhere and do a good job for you. But are we getting the best use out of him playing so deep? Because I would I would like to think that there's a more accomplished player to play that role and allow him to go forward. Mm-hmm. Because if I've managed to keep the full squad intact and make the additions... I think we should be able to cover. I know at the weekend it was exceptional circumstances with injuries due to the COVID and people just not being able to play. I would imagine looking at the team, some of the guys who played probably weren't up to full fitness either. But it's no excuses. It was unacceptable. But we, we need to look at it and how we're going to improve to take it forward because we can't turn in any more performances like that. I've seen some of your other guests and it was coming. It was coming. You know, we had scraped victories grabbing victory for defeats but eventually that wasn't going to happen and Saturday was unfortunately that day When it all came together um, and started to uh, unwind uh, a wee bit you know because I think as you say the performances haven't been right but what we kept saying you know on the podcast is the players are there uh, you don't become a bad team overnight. We were thinking back to the second half of last season. I think it was 53 points out of 58 that we turned round in the league Stevie so for me, we've strengthened that side. And I know that people will say, well, Foster, you know, Barkas is a downgrade on Foster. Uh, I think the jury's out on that one. I don't I don't think Barkas has been a bad signing. Um, and, I, and I actually think he's better with the ball at his feet and, he, and his distribution's quicker than Foster. But in terms of short stopping and all that kind of thing, Foster's the better goalkeeper on uh, the basis of what we've seen so far at Barkas. But other than that, I think we're a stronger squad. And, you know, I think it's a bit bemusing when you look at the team and there doesn't seem to be that same spark. We were looking at it on Saturday and, um, you know, Frimpong. We were expecting big things from Frimpong on Saturday. It didn't happen. We were looking at the likes of Duffy, uh, Republic Island International. Played a lot of football, Stevie, since um, you negotiated his move to come up to Celtic. Because um, he hadn't really been playing for months with Brighton. He comes up here, he's playing two or three games every week, including internationals. Um, oh, it wasn't his best game. But I mean, Duffy came out and he actually said uh, that the team weren't good enough. It wasn't good enough from himself, personally, and the team overall. Now, you know, the thing is, you've, you've got these these generic tweets that come out after a win and the generic tweets that come out after a defeat. But when you see Duffy coming out and then you, you hear Lenny at the press conferences, uh, you know, you, you are expecting them to be hurting just like you and I because these are winners. These are guys, you know, you're, you're looking at the team, for example. Encham couldn't be uh, satisfied with his performance. Frimpong won't be satisfied with his performance. There's a picture, Stevie, a young Welsh sitting in the stand with his head in his hands. That's how we were all feeling. And you just hope that that actually is the same feeling in the dressing room after the game. The points total is probably comparable with the other nine seasons. But now we've got a genuine challenger. Mm -hmm. So we need to address that situation, what we are now faced up with. You know, I've got to be honest, and I hope nobody takes this the wrong way. 
I don't care what age these guys are. I don't care if they're young men. Mm-hmm. They're Celtic first team players. See, when they're sitting around a table with Peter Law with their agents, they're looking for first team wages. So you're not throwing them into a game and it's their first ever game. They've probably done about a thousand games in that position. If you're an apprentice painter and as soon as your time's out, you're expected to paint the wall. You're not expected for your tradesman to make sure everything's okay. These guys are first team players and they've got to be able to play for Celtic Football Club at the standard expected. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's injuries on Saturday and guys are playing through injury, then good on them. They're being brave. But is that another lack of professionalism from the club that we should take that decision away for the guys? Because Saturday is totally unacceptable for Celtic fans to accept that level of performance. You know, we keep being, they're not that great, but now they're ahead of us in the league. And I know yeah. we'll get there, but we've still got a game in hand. We keep rotating the squad. Everybody's got to get a game. They don't, and they look like a cohesive unit. Mm-hmm. We look disjointed. You know, when we're looking at the team, and we will look at your team for tonight, you're predicted 11. I gave Ming yesterday, we'll run through that as well, because I think my team changed about three times last week due to the casualties through COVID. Uh, we do have a lot of people out for this game. Again, important first team uh, members, such as, obviously, Forrest, we know that He's going to be out for a few weeks and Mikey Johnson isn't back. So they're kind of long-term. It looks as though Julien's a long-term uh, absentee as well. Uh, we've got Edouard, uh, Beton and El Hamid. And it was interesting, Stevie, that when the news broke that, oh, Edouard's got, uh, you know, he's tested positive and we'd heard other, you know, elite athletes, one of them one of them being Zlatan, who appeared tonight, um, having tested positive, come right back in and perform well. I mean, Zlatan scored twice in the Milan derby, didn't he? But I think from the the interviews that have been given by Beaton and Mohammed, it's really hit home that it's not just a case of, oh, they're fit 20-something-year-old athletes. They'll be all right for Saturday's game. These guys could be out for a number of weeks. Some people don't recover from this illness after six months. We spoke about it last week with Edward. It's okay saying you've got it, will they be fit for Saturday's isolation periods up? It depends how much it affects you. You know, some people will have it and have no symptoms. If Beton's coming out and telling you he's absolutely shattered, then he can't play. You know, so we, we just need to take all these guys as individuals, hope they get full health back, and then football's secondary to that. Mm-hmm. So we need to go, when we're talking last week about how strong our squad is, then we need to utilise it. Well, we were. We were banging on about how strong it is, and I think it is a strong squad. And when we're looking at the, the performance on Saturday, we'll be using that um, as, a, as a means of trying to set up Tonight's a different challenge. I've been asking for any any of our uh, Italian fans out there to, to come in and tell us a wee bit more about how they feel AC Milan are going to shape up at Celtic Park tonight. I know that they do sometimes uh, play a 4-2-3-1 domestically, Stevie. I would line up the same way in actual fact, and I'll give you my lineup in just a few moments. Um, I'm also going to be looking at the hidden weapon that we might have in Laxalt. Um, not because, actually, I'm not going to say I was overly impressed I thought he was one of the better players on Saturday you know when you actually consider it was his first game he's moved to a new country a new set of teammates but also he knows all about the team we're playing and obviously we can tap into that knowledge but he'll know the, the weaknesses of a lot of the players and do you see that as being a benefit for Celtic? I thought he was very good on Saturday I thought he was actually my best player uh, but would, would he be able to influence the game tonight? No The wee problem I've seen with his performance is I thought a couple of times he went to ground with two-footed tackles. You know, if you're in a European environment and one of them goes wrong, you'll get a red card. 
so he can't be trying too hard. I don't have any doubts that he'll play four two three one because I've got some injuries. So I would think their team's going to be Donnarumma, Calabrich, Kaya, Romagnoli and Hernandez, Tonoli and Kessie will be in the middle of the park, Sally Mickers, Brahim, Leo and Ibrahimovic. So they'll line up a four two three one. Their three three previous performances in the qualifiers, they beat Shamrock Rovers 2-0, scraped through 3-2 against Bodo Glimt and won 9 in penalties against Rio Avenue. So they've not, they've not been set in the header alike. Mm-hmm. They're certainly playing a bit better, a great result in the Milan derby. But I don't think right now they're of the quality or Juventus or the Lazio team we played last year. Talking of Italian teams, Stevie, through your Celtic support and life, you've seen us facing AC Milan a few times. Yep. Uh, and I seen a point yesterday, and it, you know these things they go in cycles. Often a clutch of high-profile players ends up at a team all at the same time. And I think back to the eighties, you know the team we Rutula, Rygard, Van Basten. But the teams that we played, uh, obviously when Strachan was in charge, for example, uh, were were excellent Milan teams. But people think just because they're not all household names now that it's a lesser side that they've got. And, you know, Zlatan has been the, the subject of a lot of the chat this week, even Neil Lennon speaking about him, 39 years of age. Um, still looks, I'm not going to say to be at the top of his game, but he's, you know, he's an elite footballer and an elite athlete. How will we face a player like Zlatan tonight? I mean, is it just basically a situation where you say to Big Duffy, that's your man all night? I mean, how, how will we approach that? He's obviously the star of the show. I think you try and cut off the supply to him mm-hmm. because with the best will in the world I think Shane Duffy's going to be a very good Celtic player and Ibrahimovic is a world class athlete as well I think it was an 8th Dan in karate or something but if we cut off the supply to him then he can be as effective as what he would like to be and AC Milan would like him to be mm-hmm. I look at that a player like that Duffy I think lacks a bit of space, uh, pace Um you know, he's turning circles quite wide, isn't it? I mean, it, it takes a while with the mobility, but his strengths are obviously the, his strength. Um, his height, his, his aerial duel, um, dueling ability, if you like. And what you'd be hoping for is uh, one or two behind him. And I think that's how Neil Lennon's going to have to kind of shape that. We can't play all around one guy and the threat is Latan, but we know that the threat's there. When you're looking at uh, Big Duffy and his performance on Saturday, do you think he's going to start tonight? He's got to start. If he's fit, he's got to start. Is he fit, do you think? I think he had an issue on Saturday. You know, that maybe a lesser brave player wouldn't have turned up for the game. But fair play to him. I know he'll take a wee bit of flack for the first goal. But he was brave enough to play and wanted to play. So Mm. that always gets you past Marks in my book where other guys put in sick notes. So I, I was certainly... But we did talk about this a few weeks ago. This is a different football environment for Shane Duffy. He's never had the amount of touches played for any other team in his life. He had more than anyone on Saturday, didn't he? You know, so his normal game for his previous teams would be win the ball and other team's going to get possession. You're just a big rugged centre-half. We're asking him to do something that he's probably never been able to do. I don't mean able to do. He can pass the ball five or six metres, the same as everybody else. But he's never had that much possession before. When you're looking at tonight, and as I say, we're focusing on tonight, but we're using Saturday, actually, in many ways for examples as to why someone's going to be picked or what someone needs to do better. Barkas, once again, is coming for quite a bit of criticism, Stevie. Now, we've seen it a few weeks back, didn't we, uh, when the press got on his back and, uh, you know, that sometimes filters into people's psyche and they start questioning whether or not, uh, you know, Barkas is the answer. It's a big night for him tonight. 
he's a, an international player with plenty of European experience. It just depends. I don't know anything about him as a person. If he can shrug off the mistake on Saturday, and let's be honest, it was a mistake, he's got to play. You know, I heard a clamour on Sunday morning, Scott Bain's got to be dropped. Did we forget why Scott Bain was dropped? Mm-hmm. You know, Scott Bain's a good number two for Celtic. He's, he's no a number one, or he would have been it. We wouldn't have went and spent four and a half million pounds on a first-time goalie. That's right. Now, again, so many problems on Saturday, but one of them I felt was our lack of width. I've, you know, when we were talking about it on Friday, Steve, we were talking about nullifying some of the threat Rangers, but also uh, promoting the players that we had in these positions. So Frimpong, who has been electric at times this season, the new guy, an unknown quantity, Laxalt, Diego Laxalt. Didn't quite work out, thought, like yourself, thought Diego played pretty well. Frimpong was the... It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Disappointment. Disappointing. You're, you're talking about Celtic lining up. Do you think we're still going to have those two guys starting tonight? Yep, my team would be Bacchus mm-hmm. and a back four of Ralston, Duffy, Ayer and Taylor. A midfield five of Frimpong, Christie, Brown, Callum McGregor, Laxalt and Griffiths up front. No Turnbull. No Turnbull. No Turnbull. Now, were you talking on uh, the weekend about playing Turnbull? Was that one of your suggestions on Friday night? No, I wouldn't have started with him, mm. uh, but I would have had him round about a team. Would certainly give him more time. I, I would like to see him get more game time, you know, in domestic games. But he's got plenty of experience in the Scottish Premier League. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have a lot of European experience, you know. But again, if Neil Lennon deems him fit to play, that they're Celtic players, they've came for big money. You've got to be able to do it. You can't do it. No excuses. No. Friday night's team selections, I think you got 10 out of 11 right for our opposition, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, when you, you were talking about Gerard's lineup, And you've given us what you think will be the AC Milan team. Because so. they've got a few injuries and a few COVID cases as well. Mm-hmm. So the, the, this, again, I, I can't say what their full team is going to be, but I, th- I don't think it'll be far away for that. Well, I'm looking at the, the defence mainly uh, of your, your lineup there and the fact that you've gone for a back four. I've done the same. 
Stephen. I just think it's because of the fact that it didn't work on Saturday um, and everything kind of broke down from there and forwards because Rangers were happy for our three centre-backs to, to pass the ball about because the distribution wasn't there. I think the best uh, passer of the ball we've got at centre-half is Julian, who was missing, sadly. Um, he can spray, you know, cross-field passes to the to the boot, a tailor, etc. Duffy's tried it. It's not his forte, is it? And Ayer's good on the ball, we know that, and he's good at bringing that ball forward. Um, going back to the days as a midfielder, I think. But in terms of the distribution, that was sadly lacking. And if you're going to play with the three at the back, you actually need that, don't you? You need that to bring in uh, the wide players. Maybe one of the issues why they had such a lack of, um, you know, the ball. Even though when Frimpong got the ball, I was disappointed he wasn't attacking the Rangers players. That's been countered. That you know that argument's been countered online by saying, "Oh, but they doubled up on him." But then, whenever someone doubles up on someone, Steve, it's creating space for someone else. And I didn't see that space. There was no space created, and Frimpong simply did not attack. Uh, the left back at Rangers on Saturday. He had a terrible game on Saturday. No excuses. No, he's a young man. He just didn't turn up for the game. Whatever reason, was he intimidated? Was he frightened of Barisic? I don't know. Glenn Kamara always channeled him into Barisic and took the ball off him or he turned back. If you're playing for Selic, you're a first-team player, you've got to be, be able to perform. Jeremy Frimpong didn't perform. If he's injured, again, different matter. If he wasn't injured, it was a very, very poor performance. But you've kept him in. You've kept yep, him in. Yep. Um, and that's based on the fact that he's actually had a good season, isn't he? Other than that game. He's been very good up to that offensively. Yeah. Very good. You're bringing back Taylor. And also, your your right full-back is a player who does have European experience for Celtic. I think the stat is that he's played just under 80 domestic game, um, first-team games, rather. Uh, obviously, some of them were on loan in the United and St. Johnston and uh, on a different level entirely to AC Milan. But he has got the European experience. Some might be surprised at that, but what other right-back do we have? The, the only reason I'm playing Tony Ralston, and it's no any criticism of boy, he's a right-back. Why do we constantly want to put people out? Just, and I've just said, we need to cut out the supply mm -hmm. to Ibrahimovic. So play your guys who play in that position and try and prevent the ammunition going to him. So we've all spoke about, would we play Ayer at right-back? Will we move Welsh to right-back? None of them are right-backs. Mm -hmm. I know they've played games there, so if you take Ayer to play him at right back, I think your defence is massively weakened by playing Welsh and Duffy together. And I think um, Ayer himself, his performance is going to be affected because he is effective where he is in the centre-half position. And I think that he actually is improving. Let's you know, put Saturday to one side for a moment. I think alongside Duffy, he has improved as a defender, Stevie. We all know what he can do with the ball at his feet. We know that he loves, you know, taking that ball and travelling with it. We've seen some fancy footwork against St. Johnson, but as a defender, I think a lot of that has improved playing alongside Shane Duffy. I think his problem, Christopher, and I've got to be honest, I don't see the player that yourself, Paul or Lawrence, sees. He's no, he's never going to be able to convince me of something different. I think he goes in and breaks the lines far too often mm -hmm. to be effective. I think he leaves a gaping hole when he keeps going in. If you Take the first goal on Saturday. It's his pass. He's passed about 100 miles to Elanousi, who's controlled it, misplaced it, and then it goes back, and Ayer makes the foul. Now, people are saying it's very slight, but it's because he's out of position. But, but, I, I don't see the great defender that other people see with Christopher Ayer. You know, when we're talking about, uh, obviously, Taylor, uh, divided opinion all season, we drop him, we're totally um, depleted, really, I think, 
with, with regards to a player, player like Taylor because it was quite clear that Rangers had lots of space down the right-hand side against us and you're thinking we need a left-back in there. So he's coming back in, you're playing with Ralston at the back. It's, when, we, when we started talking on Friday about Ralston, I was expecting Welsh to be on the bench. Um, and I said that on Friday night, I wouldn't have expected him to start. But I had Julian in my team. So I, I didn't know that Julian was out at that point, Stevie. Um, Welsh is dropping to the bench tonight for yourself. Yeah. Big disappointment to the, for the young kid. How do you think he played on Saturday? I thought he was just okay. Didn't he think he was great? Didn't he think he was terrible? Wasn't he the worst player? Wasn't he the best? But if we're playing AC Milan tonight, I've got no room for sentiment. No. Absolutely no room for sentiment. Neil Lennon's a great man manager that people keep telling me is put his hand around the kid and explain you're not ready to play against Ibrahimovic. I know. Remember Scotland played Sweden and um, Craig Levine played Gary Kenneth up against them. You remember that? <laughs> no, where not, is he now? I'm not a massive Scotland fan. <laughs> where is he now, Stevie? Uh, where's Craig Levine now? So we're looking at uh, the, the team selection and I think El Yunusi and Cham were, were criticised by myself and many others because they were you know, virtually anonymous. El Yunusi, had it not been for that bad miss that he, that he had, you know, he contributed very, very little. And this is a player that I have been banging on about and championing all season. And it's been the same with Cham. You know, I just think that it's get to the point now, Stevie, where he needs to step up and show us what he, what he can do on a far more regular basis. He was like a jersey down on Saturday. But where, where do you start? I, I like these guys to be total professionals. Even the one with Elanusi, and I think Griff was bad as well for no going down and taking it. It's even the one when Elanusi beats Golson to the header. Golson puts both hands around his shoulders. Go down like a ton of bricks. You know, it's outside the box. You've got Golson sent half after five minutes. You know, you've got to be clever. Griff, even McCoy saying to Elliot, oh, it was really, really, you know, brave by Griff. It's no brave, it's absolute stupidity. Go down and get the penalty and get him sent off. But we've got to be, we praised them the night when we played, was it Sarajevo? Sarajevo, yeah. You know, for staying up, you know, and getting down and taking shies plenty of time. Well, we didn't do that on Saturday. Well, we're back to being naive. Now, Scott Brown, again, like a lot of the Celtic players, have come in for criticism. Uh, there's knee-jerk reactions whenever Scott Brown has a bad game, Stevie. Uh, the legs are gone. We hear all that all the time about Bruni. It's been happening for about three seasons. But you can go into a game like tonight without the captain. I mean, he's got he he's got to play, um, and I think that when you look at his performance on Saturday, um, he didn't look like his normal self. I've got to say, and he did look a bit preoccupied with this ongoing battle with Morelos. Do you think he took his eye off the ball a wee bit? I think maybe Scott was one of the guys that was just a wee bit too brave for his own good by playing on Saturday. You know, and again, it's a great credit to him that he wants to turn up and play. Mm-hmm. How does nobody talk about Steve Davis being too old? Steve Davis is older than Scott Brown. Yep. I think Scott Brown has got to get in his head, and again, somebody I've never met, and adapt his game. You know, it can't be the box-to-box player he was when he was playing with Hibernian playing against us all the years ago. The great players, Roy Keane, etc., they amend and tweak their game. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be bang-bang the whole time, one box to the box. Change your game a wee bit, and you can last a lot longer. Don't go chasing... Saturday, Morelis, Pantamine, Villain again. He played the whole Celtic team, every Celtic supporter, and we're still getting all these ridiculous things. Still no score. That's the last twice he's done it, and they went up the road with three points. Mm-hmm. Forget Morelis. He's a circus act. Forget him. 
He scores three goals, we win 4-3, but we're up the road with three points. Well done, Alfredo. We've got three points. No, I totally agree with that. We spoke about that on Monday, Stevie. But, but I, do, I do think the tone of the game was set by Shane Duffy earlier on, the one he kicked into the stand, mm-hmm. when he used to kick Morelis into the stand, then a couple of minutes later he get caught outside the Celtic dugout with a ball. We were lackadaisical to start that game. We didn't start at the high tempo we were all expecting. We were expecting that, weren't we? One figure I've no mentioned so far to you is Neil Lennon. Yep. Now, Neil Lennon has been involved in massive fixtures for Celtic. As a player and as a manager, uh, some of the famous victories last season were against Italian opposition, Stevie. Do you think, looking at Lenny, uh, looking at the comments that he came out, he's basically taken uh, all responsibility for that performance, for the poor performances of his players. He's taken that on the chin. Um, do you think Lenny has what it takes to go out and turn it around tonight with a good performance? I'm not saying a win, because we need a good performance. But bigger than that, do you think he's got the ability to turn around this this kind of mood, that's uh, this dark cloud that's hanging over Celtic at the moment? Well, I watched your shows this week. I thought the two boys in Monday made a, a great point. I watched Lawrence on Tuesday, who had a sort of totally different attitude, making great points. My points are a bit different. The Celtic fans might not actually want to hear this, but Celtic are a PLC, Paul. We've got a board of directors who have a duty of care to shareholders and investors. We've got a great business model in normal times, but we're not in normal times. So, for example, we have lost £3 million for the from qualifying games gate receipts and a potential £5 million from the group games. Mm-hmm. So the directors and bean counters at Celtic know the commercial benefits of winning 10 in a row. But the downside is going from Nirvana to oblivion. So if results don't improve, then the board or Demo or Peter would be forced to make a change. You know, so it might be taken away. I certainly think Neil Lennon is due a wee bit of support, which would take him through tonight and on Sunday. If they games, and God willing they don't, if they wanted to go to Celtic's favour, I think the decision would have to be taken by the PLC board. I think it's as serious as that, Stephen. You're looking, obviously Aberdeen, you know, it's the 10 in a row priority, we all know that, but it's, you can't approach a game like tonight as though, you know, put that one to the side, forget Europe for a season. I've, t- I've heard a lot of that online because in order to get a good performance on Sunday, the preparations start tonight. Yep. You've got to get that momentum going. After Saturday there, you've got to get the players picked up. You've got to start, you know, picking a team that, that starts to, to blend again because at the moment it's a bit fractured and get that momentum going so that when we go in on Sunday, you know, the... the that there's a positivity um, around, and there's a, confi- a confidence in players that, at the moment, seem a bit bereft of that. And there's a bit of that, I think, with Neil Lennon. You see that on the silence. A great conversation yesterday with Tony Haggerty, Stevie, and he was talking about Lennon Mark One, Lennon Mark Two. And last season, by the way, everybody was banging on about how great that was that he'd mellowed out and he wasn't um, as active, you know, in that dugout area, you know. But now that's an issue. Now that's been turned into a negative. And it's very much like when we look back to the Tony Mowbray-Peter Grant partnership who basically didn't get involved, didn't look animated. And uh, people are using that as a stick to Hitler anyway. Um, I think Neil Lennon does have two games to turn this around. And, you know, it'd be interesting to hear how Celtic supporters feel about that because we always talk about Celtic in crisis after one defeat. 
But it's not just one defeat we're talking about. It's the whole set of performances leading up to that as well, Stevie. Tony and I spoke yesterday because there's so many cliches in football, losing the dressing room being one of them. What does it even mean? You know, does it mean that there's a group of players who um, don't buy into the methods of a manager? So, because we've seen that with Ronnie Dyla, you know, is it a group of players who don't respect the manager or down tools? We've seen that in the past as well. Do you think there is an issue at the moment with any group of players at Celtic who aren't doing it for the gaffer? I think there's massive issues. I think the professionalism from Brendan Rodgers leaving to now look dramatic. If you even take like, just one game in isolation, when we travelled to play Astana, Brendan Rodgers insisted on the private plane taking us there and back. You'll remember the great pictures, you know, they're all lying back in these beautiful beds. But when they arrived back in Glasgow after that, Brendan Rodgers and Chris Davis headed to Lennoxton. Mm-hmm. So they've set the bar for the players where the players were in awe of the management team, their professionalism. After a great, horrible journey like that, six hours, 50 minutes, straight up to Lennoxtown to prepare for the next game, we're now back travelling with just commercial airlines. So we're coming off. And again, maybe I'd be wrong, I don't think Neil Lennon and John Kennedy would be heading up to Lennoxtown after that. So the players will see where the management set the bar. Mm -hmm. And I think that bar's a lot lower now than what it was under Brendan Rodgers. I think it's a a great point. You've used that as an example with the flight, but loads of other aspects within the club as well uh, will be, you know, exactly the same in terms of the standard dropping, uh, I would guess, Stephen. One of the points I've tried to make, because it is difficult to put your finger on it, you get get a sense, you do get a sense that all is not well. I have no inside information. But in terms of some of the players we bring in, we try and bring in, I'm not going to say elite players because elite players are those that, would never come to Celtic because they're playing for Barca. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Alona, or they're playing in the EPL. But we bring in players um, who are maybe used to working for elite clubs, academies, or coaches. So when you look at some of the players that we've got at the moment and you look at Eduard and he's been out of sorts this season, um, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. So he comes through the PSG system, the academy at PSG, an elite club, and he's playing international football with players who go on to become elite players. And Julien was a member of the under-20 France World Cup winning side. You know, so he knows a setup which would be you know, when you're looking at France as a model, Stevie, um, and it's something to aspire to, the way that they set up all their age groups right up to the national the national team. Another player, of course, being in Cham. And I'm not picking out those three because I'm a Francophobe in any way, shape or form. But these are three players that I've got concerns about this season. And Cham's um, performances have been nothing like we know they can be. And he's come through an elite academy with an elite club with elite uh, coaches and coaching staff at Manchester City. And then you come to Celtic because we want to develop these players because it's part of the model you've already mentioned and we want to sell them on for massive profits. So they come to a club and they're maybe not seeing that same kind of mentality or that same level of standard that you would expect from maybe Brendan Rodgers because we've heard about it. Everything from, you know, the setup in his, in his own private office to the way that the team travelled to European games, 
to the way that they trained, to the way that they ate. We've seen mutiny in the camp under Ronnie Dyle because there was senior pros, a group of senior pros, who didn't buy into his philosophy uh, and his mentality, the 24-hour athlete. Are we seeing something similar now where there's a group of players who aren't buying into Neil Lennon's approach, do you think? I mean, I've named three players, no information whatsoever. I'm talking about three guys who haven't performed this season for any number of reasons and I understand Julien's got a bad injury at the moment, a reoccurrence of that. But these are three names that keep coming up in terms of are they playing for the manager? I think if you, you look at it, normally if you've got your squad, there would be a few guys off forum, you know, guys picking up injury. There's something wrong that we've got so many injuries on a constant basis and we don't seem to be able to get the players back for any length of time before they're breaking down. We've got so many players out of forum at the one time. There's got to be something causing that. You know, and I can't put my finger on it because John Kennedy has been the coach. Obviously, he had more coaches round about him under Brendan Rodgers and what he does now. Who has the say when bringing Gavin Strachan into the club? Mm. You know, and I'm not going to say about with the backroom staff because he done fine with the backroom staff last year when he, he got appointed after Brendan left and won all the trophies. That, that there's there's a difficulty somewhere. I don't know. Again, I'm not a body analyst. I think Neil Lennon looked personally a lot better last season as a human being at the side of the park than what he did when we seen the first photographs for the training camp. You know, after lockdown. Mm-hmm. No, I would agree with that. And a, and a big issue after, you know, the training camp was uh, Lee Griffiths. And I'm asking the question today: Should he start? And the reason I'm asking that is I think that was one of the biggest calls on Saturday. I know that Welsh getting start was a massive call. I think tomorrow, you know, uh, sorry, tonight, if Ralston was to play, people might disagree with it, Stevie, but I don't think it's a shocking call because he is the only recognised right back at the club. And I'm like yourself, I'd much rather play someone in position than switch someone because you're going to, you're going to lose that player, you know, playing McGregor at left back, for example. Uh, we've seen that before and how that doesn't work. So that might be something that would surprise um, people looking at the game tonight. But I could understand if he does play. The striker situation on Saturday, and it's been a situation a few times this season. We've not had Lee Griffiths for a large part of the campaign. We go into the game against Ferenc Varos without a recognised striker and starting 11. Massive criticism of Neil Lennon um, after that game. We go into the first game against Rangers this season and we start with Klamala, who, although maybe the fittest striker, is the fourth choice striker. Uh, but on Saturday, he was the third choice striker because Edward wasn't there. Now, how do you kind of regard the three strikers going into tonight's game? You've got Ayeti, is he fit? You've got Griffiths, when will he be fit? There's got to come a point where he needs to, you know, be um, a player that you consider to start a game. And you've got Klamala, who I don't think possibly start tonight. I think looking at the three of them, and I'll give you my reasons why, I think Lee Griffiths has got to start because currently I think between fitness and ability, he's the best out of the three. Mm-hmm. I think Ayeti looks as if he could be a smashing player. I think we're always going to have problems with his fitness because he's body shape. Again, that's all an opinion. And I don't think Patrick Clamala is up to being the Celtic number nine against AC Milan. No, I, I, I agree There's with that. a few that. times on Saturday, he dropped deep to get involved with the play. he done well to bring it down his chest and then proceeded to kick the ball out of the park. I think you're going to get performances. I think you're going to get goals 
from Patrick Kamala, like we've seen against the likes of St Johnson. I think domestically he's a good backup striker, Stevie. I don't think we should be starting with him in such a big game as tonight is or on Saturday past. Uh, the question would then be, well, who would you have started with? I believe that Ayeti wasn't anywhere near being um, fit enough to start the game. Griffiths has got to get to that point, hasn't he? Where he, where he starts uh, for Celtic. Eduard, how long is he going to be out? As you said at the, the top of the show, we don't know. We don't know how uh, each individual is going to be affected by this illness. One of them could be like Zlatan, come straight back into, the, into the playing um, at the top level, scoring in the, the Milan derby. And other people might be out for weeks and hopefully not, you know, months. But Beaton spoke about how it affected El Hamid spoke about it. Uh, there was a message came out from Eddie saying he was okay, but obviously he wasn't. Neil Leonard admitted, I didn't want to, to say leading up to the game that Eddie wasn't going to be part of it. Didn't want to give the game away, if you like. Um, and that, again, is another thing I would like to discuss is there is this concern because it comes back to respect, but I don't think it's a respect thing against Neil Lennon with regards to the mole because we've had the mole since Brennan Rodgers was here. Yeah. You know, and we've had moles under various other managers. Um, and... It's a respect uh, or a lack of respect against your employer, the club, the supporters. Uh, and I think, you know, the club are going to be taking that extremely seriously, Stevie. But in terms of uh, leaked team lines or leaked transfer targets, um, I mean, that must feel like a dagger in Neil Lennon's back. I think it's absolutely horrendous, Rivers, given this information. Out. Do I think a team getting announced on the Friday night on the sly Affected the game on Saturday? No, because I could have worked out the Rangers team on Friday night, apart from one guy. We we get we underperformed on Saturday, and I think on Saturday it was a wee bit of a deflective tactic. We need to get to the reason why somebody at Celtic do we know then need to go through all the employees, get them to sign non disclosures. Do we need to sit down with them individually with HR and explain if this happens, it's a sackable offence. We need to take it seriously. Do I think it had an effect on the game Saturday? No, I don't. What I'm going to do, Steve, is I'm going to have a look through some of the points coming in on our social media channels. Uh, as you know, we go out live on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. We're building up the YouTube subscriptions, so please subscribe if you're watching on that channel. And um, there's a few other things that we've been talking about in the last uh, week or so, Stevie. You'll remember Johnny Owen came on, he zoomed in uh, from his home address to talk to us about his new documentary, Three Kings, which looks at the impact on global football of Jockstein Matt Busby and Bill Shankly. Uh, the announcement for the, the cinema release, uh, limited cin cinema release of that film, uh, was announced earlier this week. And Johnny texted us this morning to thank everybody for booking tickets, but to remind everybody that, you know, that this will sell out. So visit threekingsfilm.co.uk. I'm going on the, the Tuesday after the second Aberdeen game, uh, or the Monday rather, I'm going to Livingston. But I think there's showings also in Paisley, Coatbridge and Glasgow, Stevie. And I'm sure it'll be a cracking film. Yep, yep. When I listened to him last week, his knowledge was great and his passion, you know. So good, good luck to him. I hope it goes very, very well for him. Absolutely. He always produces, you know, when he gets his teeth into something. There was the, the Brian Clough documentary on Nottingham Forest, two European Cup wins, the Welsh documentary, and now this one. So it's been a few years in the making. I'm looking forward to to looking back to when we were a force in Europe and then we're playing European football tonight now but it's Robert, a different sorry Paul, it's just it's a different time I was at the park on Tuesday you know and everything's gearing up for the game tonight you know the TV companies are there yeah. all the broadcast units the big trailers trailing everything in 
and you're only ever going to be able to see it on TV. You get into the park, you know, they're setting up all the different platforms. The cameras are there, everybody's going to be there, apart from the fans. It's strange, strange times. We've we've watched a few of the games in here, haven't we, Stevie? And it is, it's just not the same. I mean, I'm, I've never been a big fan of watching football on the TV. You know, that that's a strange thing for a lot of people to hear. I need to go to the game to fully immerse myself in it. I don't watch a lot of the um, football coming in from other countries. I'm 100% focused on Celtic, but I'm not a great watcher of TV football. So it's been a, a bit of a culture shock for me this season as well. I know that you can you can analyse a game with the screen in front of you. I know that, that that's great. But sometimes when you're at the game and you can see the big picture to use the cliche, can't you? Um, and I just, I'm missing it, you know. Dreadfully, I seen Brian Rice during the week talking about how much he's missing it, you know. And you know, Chipper, he's a big Celtic fan. Is Brian Rice, by the way, a big Celtic man? And um, you know, when he was talking about it, you, you did see that human element in Brian Rice. We all know he's had his problems, but he was talking about a few of the occasions uh, in his football career where he's maybe lost players. And he also spoke about Hillsborough because he was with Nottingham Forest back then as well. So. Um, it was it was quite sad to hear uh, Brian Rice talking like that, but I think it's affecting everybody, isn't it? You can see, <coughs> if you excuse me, if you're at the game, you know you can see that where people are running off the ball. You can see what they're doing out of screen. When you're watching the TV, you're only following the ball. That's where you you've got a good co-commentator. He can advise you what's happening mm-hmm. away from the ball. Mm-hmm. The guys we've got, they're just second commentators. They just repeat what the guy said. So you- it was really deficient. There's a few commentators out there, Stevie, who tell you what you can see. Yeah. And you think, well, that's no bad for radio commentary, but they tell you every kick of the ball, which you don't have to be told about. Now, Robert Arbuckle, thanks for joining us uh, on YouTube, Robert. And you reckon that we're going to line up as Barkas, Taylor, Frimpong, Ayer Duffy, Brown McGregor, Turnbull, Christie, Griffiths and a Yeti. 2-2 draw. Interestingly enough, I've not asked you yet, Stevie, but... I get the feeling there'll be a few goals tonight and um, I think that Frimpong will come out, uh, you know, trying to prove something because he had a bad game on Saturday. It was a big game. And I reckon, I know he's not the, the, the most prolific of goal scorers, but I reckon Frimpong will be on the score sheet tonight. 2-2. I'm going to go with 2-2 and I'll be happy with 2-2 tonight. How do you think it'll go yourself? I would be absolutely delighted with 2-2. If I'm being 100% honest, which I've no reason not to be, I think we'll suffer a 2-1 loss tonight. There was a few people honest uh, with us on uh, Saturday morning, uh, Kevin Graham, who you know had his premonition about the, the result on Saturday. So I don't know if he's a betting man, but uh, I would like to know how he feels the game's going to go tonight as well. But Kevin will be joining us later on in the afternoon, Stevie, and we'll ask Kevin his thoughts on uh, the outcome this evening as well. Now, Belfast boy... Reckons that Griff should start, but uh, did I not see Eduard training with the team? I'm just going by what uh, Lenny said. He just didn't seem very confident that Eddie will be back anytime soon. And by that, I mean certainly not tonight. He's maybe looking ahead to, to Sunday with Edward. I've got to be honest, I think the guy made great points here, even if he is training. Protect him. Mm-hmm. But I don't mean t- tonight doesn't matter, but Sunday's more important to us. We, we need to win on Sunday and if Eddie's to be fit keep him make sure he's fit for Sunday everything we've been building up to Stevie you know um, all the, the changes in manager the disappointments of you know Rogers leaving and Lennon coming in and everything that we've suffered and everything that we've enjoyed comes down to 10 in a row that's what we're focused on you know you, you think back the invincible season there'll probably you know there'll probably never be a more perfect season in my lifetime of watching Celtic than that 
You know, they've never, how could you, you beat that? What, win a European trophy on top of it? You just can't beat that. We've experienced all that. We've experienced the disappointments, but it all boils down to 10 in a row. This is the big thing. So although I've said in a few of the podcasts previously, Stevie, I want it all. I want Celtic to be competing in Europe. Um, I've seen some promising signs last season. I think we all did on how Lenny approached some of the games and he, he got a couple of famous results last season. Um, and I've been getting a few messages for close friends of mine who are, are proper Celtic, Celtic-minded uh, fans and they're of the view that Europe's not important this season. I'm maybe still a traditionalist. I, I always think Celtic need to get a, a result in Europe because our whole history, the fabric of the club, um, you know, it, the whole tapestry of Celtic is intertwined with European success. I would go, even go a wee bit further, Paul, and ask your viewers. Eventually, we're going to lose a cup tie and the trebles are going to cease. Would the Celtic fans, don't mean be happy, because you're never happy when you lose, but would they forsake the League Cup and the Scottish Cup very early and allow Rangers to progress and having to play all the extra games that we normally have to do and allow us to get a bit of momentum and get a points lead on them? Or would they rather just continue to try and go for all the trebles? It's a good, it's a really good question because you think about, you know, throw another, potentially another two games from last season's Scottish Cup, Stevie. Um, yeah, it would be fantastic to win four trebles on a row. Of course it would. Uh, which that would result in it if we win the two games in the Scottish Cup. Um, but yeah, it is going to come to that point eventually. And, you know, if, for example, Celtic were to lose a League Cup game, early doors or a Scottish Cup game, early doors, it's disappointing. It always, it, it always will be. Um, but it probably, and I say probably because you never know, it probably means that Rangers will win a trophy, at least, you know, because... Um, I think we're all of the understanding now uh, that uh, they are not the whipping boys that they were a, a few seasons back, Stevie. They are challenging us seriously for the title. And um, is it is it um, likely that Celtic will win another treble this season? I think it's highly unlikely, even though we've got a better squad this season, I believe, than last season. Even though Foster was so pivotal to the, the success last season. Um, so to forsake a cup to ensure the ten. I think most fans would, would take that. Would you take it? I would take it in a heartbeat. You see, winning the trebles is absolutely fantastic, but that run's got to the end. If we even just take that we to beat Aberdeen in the semi-final, Rangers will be playing a league game that weekend. Mm-hmm. We get to the final, it's another game. Rangers play. So if we match them after that in both cup competitions, if they were able to win the games in hand, it's going to put us pressure especially when you're not sure if they're ever going to call the league early. So I would rather be playing league games, mm-hmm. league games, league games, as opposed to cup ties. Yeah, this season of all seasons. Um, now, Helen McCallum, who does join us on a regular basis, welcome back, Helen, says via YouTube, all we can hope for is a decent result, not an embarrassment, a good performance, come on Celtic. I don't think it will be an embarrassing result. We've seen a few of them in Europe in, in recent times, uh, notably under Brendan Rodgers, who we've spoken about, talking about his professionalism and standards. Some of the European performances were well below uh, past TV, but 
I don't think we're going to be on the, the end of a heavy result. And I'm setting myself up for all the Rangers fans that tune in uh, to use that comment as a meme and post it on Twitter because that's what they've been doing with Glee this week. And that's fine because, I mean, I don't watch Rangers podcasts. I don't know how they get the time to watch us. Um, but also, we've got a couple of people coming in, Stevie, because you do come in once a week and you do join us for games regularly. Kaplow Mark always sends from Stevie. So you've got a fan in Kaplow Mark. Thank you. And Mr. Briggs, Stevie talking sense as always. I didn't hear anybody saying that about me very often, you know? <laughs> I, th- I think Ellen makes a good point. See, if we see an improvement, Paul, from Saturday to tonight, then we're going in the right direction. If we were to turn up tonight and perform the same way, then we've got real problems for Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, we're playing AC Milan tonight, a European superpower at Celtic Park. Our home, our spiritual home, paradise. If we can inspire ourselves to turn up and be a better team than we were on Saturday, we've got a serious problem. Absolutely. Now, there's a couple of people asking uh, about blocking folk that are coming on and making comments. It's sometimes difficult for us to see them all, so uh, I'm obviously going to block anybody that comes on and makes any inappropriate comments on the show. But uh, if I miss any, don't hesitate to let me know who. It's not about grass and Steve, it's just about making the show enjoyable for everybody that gets involved. And uh, we do have a comment coming in on via Facebook. Uh, Jamie, Skip Maguire, how you doing, Skip? I hope you and the family are well. Will be a different game tonight, very open. At times we will see 10 Celtic players in their own half, but Skip reckons 3-1 Celtic. That's the kind of result we need at the moment, isn't it? If we could get that, which Skip's predicted, it would be absolutely magnificent, magnificent and it would lift the whole club. We've got the players to do it. We've got the players to do it. I've just not been performing well enough to give me that optimism that we would be able to do it tonight. And by the way, Stevie, Skip himself wasn't a bad footballer. A uh, boy comes from High Valleyfield and he played against Ajax. There's a story there. I've seen him. He scored. I've seen him scoring against Ajax. Get his boots out. Get your boots out, Skip. <laughs> um, but it's always it's a pleasure to to hear the, the good guys coming on and commenting on the Celtic uh, bulletin but obviously you do get a few dafties coming on Stevie and we've got to try and uh, root them out but it's not always easy live time I go through the comments it's the following like, day Paul, they're everywhere is. in every shape and form you know it doesn't matter if it's a podcast whatever it is there's idiots all over the world now here we go Gary Doonan uh, the voice of reason at times on this show Stevie Lennon could lose the next two games and could still win a historical quadruple so we are reacting. We're reacting. It's early doors. Are we overreacting? Well, Gary always makes great points, and I hope he replies to this even through the screen. Does Gary think if we lose the next two games, he'll win a historic quadruple? You know what my concern is with that, Stevie? It's going back to the point I made earlier, which was brought on by you talking about maybe the change. Is it a culture change? From Rogers to Lenny, is that is would you call that a culture change? You see it in, in workplaces all the time, don't you? And the culture comes from the behaviour and the attitudes, obviously, uh, often in the the workforce, but sometimes you know it filters down, so the culture can be set. And you, you did definitely see a change when Rogers came in from Ronnie Dialing. You've heard a lot of the players, senior pros, talking about uh, the atmosphere around the park when Ronnie was there. That changed when uh, Brendan came in, and I I think it's probably changed again since. Neil Lennon came in uh, as well. But that that is a cultural thing, isn't it? So you're, you're looking at the fact that when a culture is set, it's difficult to break it. Sometimes the only way to break it is we're changing personnel. So if we get into the habit, the bad habit, 
with bad performances, which I think we're already in, but then bad results, which we started on Saturday, another one tonight, another one on Sunday. You can get into the habit of the bad results, and the only way to break that often is with change. Another wee example of Brendan Rodgers' professionalism, when he came in, he looked at the record at Hamden and seen Celtic are not doing too well here. Yep. And over had a look, and decided the dressing room was too blue. So, prior to a game but Celtic would then go in the Hamden, but it's a semi-final final, the team had to go over in the morning. I don't mean the actual football team, but the team behind the scenes and create the Celtic dressing room at Hamden. Mm-hmm. What a great, great idea. Yep. But we'd been doing that for what, over 100 years. Nobody had ever thought it before. It's wee bits that make the difference for footballers. Footballers are selfish beyond belief. And you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile and you'll be the guy that loses their job. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And I mean, there was all these little aspects. I remember talking to um, Ali Beg, Aberdeen fan, and he was gutted, obviously, after the, the Invincible treble was sealed. And uh, he had worked for Celtic, Steve. I don't know if you remember Ali Beg. Yep. He worked for an early incarnation of Celtic TV. A good big guy, ex-boy band member that everybody keeps reminding him about. And uh, he was speaking about the preparation for that game. And the fact that there was, he had gone to the trouble. Brendan Rodgers had gone to the trouble. He had getting messages from uh, players' family members that were presented to him before the game. And he's just talking about, you know, tapping into the psyche of players. Does it does it give them an, an extra wee boost to remember that if they're running? Who knows? Who knows we athletes? But it's all these wee touches, I think. And I'm not, listen, this isn't a show I was going on, on about Brendan, you know, through rose-tinted spectacles. There were some bad days with Brendan Rodgers. The wheels had come off the, the Rodgers um, cavalcade by the time he left, and we all know that, you know. Um, and it was time for him to go because his his attitude had changed. And then obviously he wasn't getting the same tune at the players by the end, you know. But he, uh, I don't know if any of your guys have watched the Oxford Juni show with Brendan Rodgers when he tells about Brendan Rodgers, the football supporter, which he says he's a Celtic fan, and the manager, which is a brand and he's always going to protect the brand. So that was why he left Celtic. Mm-hmm. He was afforded an opportunity to go somewhere what he thought was an improvement where he was. That's why he left. Yeah. did say, I've always been a Celtic fan. So while you're watching that show, you'll be ripped through emotions, you know, that you, you like him and you want to hate him at the same time. Mm. Yeah. I have watched uh, segments of Stevie, but it was too raw. I think, <laughs> I think I'm over him now. I'm over him now. Uh, here's another point coming in, and uh, this is from Scottish Football on YouTube. It's a Rangers fan. Uh, AC Milan, the game has come at the best time for Celtic, and they don't even realise it. A win tonight will boost your dressing room to the hills, and it may be a massive pick-me-up for a good run. I'm hoping that's the case. I really am hoping it, because what might happen is you come up against a domestic side, or even if we didn't have a European game this this week, Steve, it's a long time to wait for Aberdeen on Sunday. It's the the trip up to Pataudry, historically a tough venue. Um, Aberdeen, certainly for 30 minutes, played very well against Hamilton. And um, they've got some tidy players, Aberdeen. Just looking a wee bit kind of further forward, a lot of people banging on about Lewis Ferguson, a player you've mentioned on this podcast before. He's really coming into his own. But, you know, we can't, we can't look at that. We've got to look at the squad of players that we've got, which I think are good enough. Well, yeah, we've obviously enough. got a few players missing for the squad. So hopefully Neil's got them together, you know, and say, listen, this is what we're left with, and galvanise them to put in a performance. And again, it goes back to Neil saying, a star can only shine in the darkness. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we get some guys tonight and really turn up 
and give the Celtic fans the performance they deserve. If they give everything and they suffer a defeat, then at least we can commend them on their effort. Yeah. Saturday effort was sadly lacking. Yeah, I think that's the, the most frustrating thing about that performance, Stevie. Uh, we've got a message from Rock Development. <laughs> on you go and you're uh, commenting via Twitter contrary to current belief AC Milan are not great we have plugged away for years uh, to up the seeding I think when you're looking at the way that Celtic and Scottish football actually uh, on a European level has slowly progressed uh, up the up the seeding and up the rankings and you know you're looking at a game like tonight um, I'm not looking at AC Milan like I was looking at Barcelona or PSG just a couple of seasons ago, Stevie. I'm not, I don't have that fear. They don't have that fear factor. I'm not writing them off, certainly. But I'm looking at obviously their performances maybe last season against Italian clubs and I can't gauge it exactly because last season was a different world in terms of um, where we were and the mood, the mood of Celtic and the team and, the, and the, you're looking at the momentum of a team. We don't have the momentum at the moment. If we were performing the way we were last year, then I would be quite optimistic about playing them tonight. Mm-hmm. But we're not. You know, it's all right, Andy, saying, you know, they're not as good as what they were. Neither are we. We're not playing as well as what we done last year. No, no. And then you're sometimes thinking, well, it's going to click into place. Again, a great football cliche. When things aren't happening, you know you've got the personnel, you're just looking for it to click. And tonight's the night. Normally, with 60,000 at Celtic Park, I think, you know, I'd be feeling a lot more confident, I've got to say. I really would be, Stevie. Um, I do think there's a, a, an added element, and I'm not making excuses. We've missed the fans. I think uh, that that is clear. We've had bad injuries. We've had uh, We've been hit probably worse... Than, than most, I would say, with the COVID in terms of Scottish football, you know, with the casualties there as well. So there's loads of elements at play. And then you throw in the suggestion that there's mutiny uh, in some areas of the camp as well. And it is only a suggestion. Uh, and again, I've picked out three players. I'm just talking about this culture uh, that, that we've touched on with regards to Brennan Rodgers. If you take any footballer from any club, I don't think uh, Rodgers would ever feel out his depth in terms of um, he's an elite player, I'm an elite coach. You know, he would never ever feel as though that player is coming in from a PSG or a Man City and their standards are going to be higher than the standards I expect. Rodgers would never have that. I thought one of the the worst things that I've seen in recent years was the official Celtic video for the night in, I think it was Riga or Sarajevo when the players were coming out prior to the game. Mm -hmm. And... Again, I hope it's only because of a language thing, but all the white players come out, and then about 15 seconds later, all the black players come out together. Mm-hmm. Now, that might just strictly be a language thing, but I thought that was terrible. You don't want any divisions in any dressing room, Stevie. And when there's divisions, and we've seen it in Ronnie's time, it, it marked the end of his time as a manager at Celtic. Um, if there's any divisions at the club at the moment in the dressing room, um, we're we're stuck with them because nobody's leaving till January, and we need to we actually do. It. And I don't think it's to to quote Neil Lennon. He's talking about rolling up his sleeves and do better. I think it's a wee bit more than that. Maybe even the players in January. We, we sat here for months talking about the values of our players and how we would be able to sell this guy and we'd be able to do that and we balance a book. At our current forum, not one of the players would get that maximum price that we thought they would get. In fact, it's diminishing every day. I was speaking to a prominent guy, scout, who works in the English system the other day, and he's advising all his clients, if his current club offer them a new deal, to take it. Mm-hmm. There's not the money available for guys to sign for clubs and get five and £10,000 extra per week. 
No, absolutely. Now, someone has come on, Stevie, and says that, uh, you know, you're blocking Rangers fans because they're giving you a hard time. Get a life. Really? You're a Rangers fan watching a Celtic podcast. You're telling us to get a life? Brilliant. Uh, so I'm looking forward to all the memes coming up. But you know what? They're going to stop if we go out and we get a result this evening, Stevie. Um, I'm going for 2-2. I think Griffiths will start. I've got him playing up front. Uh, but I think the performance is, under the circumstances, far more important, actually. Than the result. I don't. I don't see Celtic being on it on the end of a heavy result. I'm looking for a reaction from the players tonight. I would love Neil Lennon to just get into the players' psyche, give us all a performance that we deserve as Celtic fans, and to take a wee bit of the pressure off himself, and let's see what we can move on from there. But the performance tonight has got to be a massive improvement for Saturday, Paul. That we, we can't have another performance like that, or the pressure's going to gather more than Neil Lennon than anybody else at Celtic Football Club. It will, and we'll be here every step of the way to discuss it, Stevie. We'll be back about 3.30 for another bulletin this time with Kevin Graham, who didn't join us on Monday, but he is back today. And we'll be covering the game tonight, so join us half an hour before kick-off. All that's left for me to say, Stevie, is thank you once again for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203-203. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. 
Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.